FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 389 of the podcast that goes snicked. I am your host, Jason, twin mattress of doom venable, and I'm joined once again by John, Claus, and Paris Wilson. Hey John. We'll always have Claus and Paris, Jason. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll look back on it fondly. You uh, left me a pause to go snicked, and I forgot to stick after you snicked. I'm so that's, sorry. That's snicked. okay. I, I figure, you know, some people do it, some people don't. So I, I leave space, because I think I like about six it, or it, seven times. <laughs> I think six or seven times in, in a row, I stepped all over Georgie trying to do it. I was like, okay. Uh, I, I need to like, I need to like, give some give some room to breathe and pop some claws. Um, <laughs> it takes a second because it's kind of painful every single time they come out. So that's right, every time. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're going to talk about Marvel Comics presents number one hundred in a flashback episode. Yay! Oh so, yeah, that's cool. This episode is not going to be very long. No, probably not. Probably not at all. Uh, so just two issues, 99 and 100. The cool thing about 100 is that it kind of pulls all the sto- or like the Ghost Rider and Wolverine story together. So instead of being like a true anthology book, you have just one chap- or one story in four chapters. And so that was a pretty neat idea, a pretty neat way to celebrate 100 issues. This was um, this was something that the Golden Age anthology books would occasionally do. Oh, really? Yeah, they would have. Um, so, it was it was a lot more common whenever the entire book was devoted to a single character, because usually all Flash Quarterly was like four different Flash stories in sixty four pages. But you would have like, every now and then they would do like a four part novel or a three part novel and one, mo- one more story. And you'd have this big old fat comic because golden age comics are already a bit of a chunk of reading time. Um, but then you have the entire thing being one big adventure and it, it can take a while to get through. Um, and that is what led to the first team books because all star comics was um, an anthology book. Issue three, they decided to couch the anthology format in um, a framing narrative of them sitting around telling everybody stories. And issue four, it becomes an anthology with a framing network of, hey, these are all actually parts of one big adventure. That's cool. Yeah. Um, So I I only was thinking about that recently because I'm in the 1970s with Superman Family, and they do that a few times too. They have all these different Superman characters. But then sometimes they'll take their different separate stories and wrap them all in together into one big story. Makes me happy. Nice. That's really cool. Sorry, I just kind of derailed everything. There. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I like that. I like but that. Yeah, so the, in 100, you've got, what, Doctor Doom and Wolverine and Ghost Rider. And then I guess officially the fourth part is Nightmare, but it's really just everybody against Nightmare because he's the bad guy of the story. So Right. Yeah, he is. And that's going to start in issue 99. So issue 99 is actually a little bit different. And this definitely 
the opening salvo to this issue 100 story, but it's all different people. <laughs> so, so this is a hauntings. Um, it's plot by Rob Liefeld, script by Howard Mackey, pencils by Jim Valentino in his Nick Cast debut, uh, inked by Bud LaRosa, letters by Michael Higgins, and colors by Dana Morshed. And then the cover, well, both covers are pretty cool. So just real fast, there's a Ghost Rider cover where Sam Keith uh, does some proto is's from the Max. And then he also does a thing where he rips off uh, Ghost Rider's jacket and is just uh, bones, like for his arms, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool concept for a cover. And, yeah. And yeah, those are little proto is's, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. They have the same is teeth, and this, except for the big ears and the fact that they have eyes. Right. Yeah. And across between that, I know you haven't got there on all the pouches yet, which, by the way, we'll give you plenty of chance to talk about at the end here. But um, also very similar to the, the demons from The Darkness, which was mm. uh, one of the early books after Top Cow officially became, I think, I think it was after the actual rebranding of Top Cow. But um, but it was it was a Witchblade tie-in universe kind of book. Right. Um, and they had little demons that ran around and annoyed the character. Um, <laughs> but on the on the Wolverine cover, though, we have Sam Keith paying homage to uh, John Byrne and Terry Austin, basically taking a, a panel that probably should have been a cover, but it was the last page of Uncanny X Men one thirty two, which you know leads into issue one thirty three, which was kind of the first big. Wolverine by himself story in X-Men. Um, that, that was where everybody sat up and went, ooh. Yeah. Because that artist was Canadian <laughs> and wanted to make Wolverine cool, so he decided to make everybody go, check this guy out. Right, yeah. And so so the last page of 132 is when he's in the sewer underneath the Hellfire Club, and he's just kind of been through the ringer a little bit, and he's about to uh, launch into his story. And so... Here, Sam Keith kind of takes that that last page and makes a cover out of it, and it's, it's a pretty nice cover. And it's uh, yeah. Sam it's Sam Keithified. We have the, the the holes and rips in Wolverine's cow. We have the little thready threads coming off of the rips in his back uniform. The um, telephone cord threads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a nice cover. I really like the um, the holes that have been shredded out of his. His um, head airfoils, mm-hmm. his head wings, what do you want to call those? <laughs> yeah. Yep, it looks really cool. It's very, it's very 90s ripped costume, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all the style back then. You, you weren't a hero if your costume wasn't getting ripped up. So, See, Even Superman, he let his cape get ripped up sometimes. Yeah. He had so, the, okay, so in the comics, does that... Do they go back and forth on the cape being able to be ripped, or is that just an other media thing? Okay, so originally Superman's costume was indestructible. Okay. And that's the way it was for decades. Then when they do the revamp and the relaunch and change all the rules of Superman uh, in 1986-87, they decide, okay, his costume is actually just clothes, but part of his invulnerability is he has this aura in the area immediately around his skin that like sloughs off dirt and whatever. 
And so his costume, when it's skin tight, is within that aura and therefore can't get hurt. But his cape is out there flailing around and it's rippable and shreddable. So that allowed the artist to show a bit more, um, gave, I should say, gave the artist more opportunities to show wear and tear on Superman during fights. Right. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a post-crisis thing. Okay, cool. And if they went back and forth on it after that, I don't know. But, I mean, at least until up to the Raid of the Superman Doomsday stuff, that was the rules. Yeah, I can't remember what the rule is in New 52, if his cape is... Um, New 52, his entire thing was Kryptonian fabric and therefore indestructible, okay. but very flexible. So, like, you could... T- you could you could you know yoink on it and pull different directions, but you couldn't actually tear it. Okay, um, gotcha. But with the uh, with the whole restructuring of continuity that's happened after, with Rebirth and everything, right. I don't know what Superman's costume <laughs> is right now, and I haven't really read Superman comics in a couple of years now. So, I mean, I've read Superman comics, but not well, right, 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 right. Now, so you're not cut off on the Vendors run. Right, 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 right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, back to Marvel Comics presents number 99. Um, We're going to have to pad this thing out. It's okay, Jason. We, we <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Oh, no, check this out. So in, in number 99, uh, Nightmare Torments Wolverine, the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Wolverine goes to sleepies. He has a nightmare. He wakey wakey, the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now it was fun to see Jim Valentino draw Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, now I gotta say, uh, just just happens to be the comics that I read and or didn't read as a kid. So I actually didn't really know squat about Jim Valentino until Shadowhawk. I know he had a very esteemed run on the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy revamp, right? Even to this day, I've not read any of that. Neither have um, I, honestly. Yeah, and so, so it's pretty cool to see his art here because, I mean, pre-Shadowhawk, I really don't know like what his sensibility was, like what his style was. Um, well, I have been reading an old parody series he did called Normal Man. Okay. Normal Man um, is born on the planet Arnold. And um, his father is a scientist who thinks that the world is... No, sorry. His father is a chartered accountant who thinks that the world is going to explode. And so he puts their son in a rocket and ships it away from the planet. After the baby leaves the planet and the rocket, um, the planet doesn't explode. And so the mom shoots the dad for sending the baby into space. (laughs) Um, Baby lands on the planet Levram which is Marvel backwards. And everyone there is a superhero pastiche. Everyone has superpowers and he doesn't. So he steps out. He's basically Jimmy Olsen with glasses and a flat top as far as his visual design goes. Um, And he doesn't have any powers. So he gets called normal man. Interesting. And it's, um, it's a really fun fun concept. It is. It's a fun concept. It's a 12, I think 12, 12-issue bi-monthly series, and each issue parodies a different comics company. Okay. So 
it's been really fun. Like there was a there was a, a Smurfs riff issue, oh, wow. and there was a Spirit riff issue, and of course the first comic is you know Silver Age Marvel riffing. Actually, the first two are kind of like Marvel and DC mixed together. Okay. Um, anyways, it's been fun. This artwork is of course several years later, but it looks a bit more like um, Shadowhawk, except I think I like it more. I think I do too. Um, it's a little more. I'm not, I'm not really sure how to put my finger on what feels different about it, but honestly, I'm, it feels more refined. The face work feels, and maybe it's just Marvel House style type stuff. But right when I started reading Shadowhawk, some of his face anatomy was just a little bit, a little bit off. And right. it's 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 I feel like it's improved as Shadowhawk has gone on in my coverage on all the pouches, but like you got some close ups on Wolverine's face in this that are fantastic. Yeah, you know, you know, I think it is. I feel like, and and you may or may not agree. You know, in fact, I think from what I remember you talking about the early issues, you may not agree. But my my memory of Shadowhawk was that. Shadowhawk looked awesome, and most of the other art looked ugly. <laughs> I, I, so, I will not disagree with that. <laughs> and so, but I feel like the thing that was cool about this issue is kind of everything looks pretty good, like consistently throughout the whole. I mean, it's only eight pages, but <laughs> still, it just it felt really like connected. Um, and part of the color work too. Um, Coloring in early image books was all over the place, and I, I feel like this was more consistent. Um, but yeah, because like even you know, like you said, we're going to need to pad this out a little bit. So like even on the first page, where we see Nightmare riding on his horse with a skull bridle, and <laughs> you know he's got his rip cape like flapping in the wind. Like like the use of the shadow looks really cool there. Um, and Valentino does like weird stuff, but he, he can't, he's not ready to go like full Ditko or anything. But he does enough kind of little like you know the the spider web with the stair floating stairs and yeah, that first that. panel is pretty Ditko. I mean the the story itself and most of it's not very Ditko, but that first panel I feel like he's doing a Ditko homage right. more than anywhere else. Yeah, I mean it's not quite as trippy as Ditko. No, like, no, it's no. A little, it's a little it's, more normal, but. <laughs> But when you know you're in like a, a, a limbo dimension and there's, you know, floaty chunks of ground and stairs built on nothing, leading portals going nowhere. Right. And stuff just like arcing through the sky that isn't really connected to anything. I mean, that just all of that stuff just like feels very Ditko. Yes, for sure. I'm not entirely sure who taught Nightmare how to ride a horse. <laughs> it looks like the toad taught him how to ride a horse. It does look like the toad. <laughs> <laughs> or he's oh. like one of, or he's a circus rider. He's got like his feet on the on the back, like he's gonna do a trick or something. I um, I don't always read it, but I happened to read it this time. I made a note of it. Let's go back to the preview text on the inside cover. Okay. Most of the time, Wolverine is a hunter, but in his sleep, he is the prey, hunted by nightmare. <laughs> and it's like, okay, can you say overwrought much? <laughs> right, right. I'm pretty sure Liefeld wrote that blurb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and, and really, this is early 1992. I don't know if this is true when this was written and drawn, but by the time this hit stands in February, the big meeting with Marvel and the Image Founders has already happened. Image right. Comics is happening when this issue hit stands. That's where we are in the timeline here. Yeah, yeah. So they were all on their way out. And well, so, oh, wow. I don't have time to look right now. I wonder if this is Valentino's last like art issue before he leaves. Um, I pulled Keith's credits up. I pulled Valentino because he does. But the, he got a later start, though, whatever, right? Didn't Max come out a little bit later than the other books? A little bit. And he. Um, I mean, he wasn't one of the founding people. He just kind of came right. along and he did the max with Image because it was easier to do it with Image, I think. Right. I haven't read a whole lot of his perspective on it. Um, Valentino, Shadowhawk, Shadowhawk. We got Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, okay. It's still running right now. Okay. And so, yeah, it has about a half dozen more issues. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And he does the Shadowhawk prelude in Youngblood number two while Guardians of the Galaxy is still hitting stands, right at the end of it. Okay. But he um, does quit Guardians of the Galaxy to immediately start doing Shadowhawk over an image. Very cool. Yeah, so, um, lots of cool shadow play. I, I like the... So basically, at the bottom of every page is a horizontal panel of Wolverine, like, tossing and turning in bed. And then the nightmare is the, the top... I guess 70% of the page above that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's some really cool conceit for the story. Um, I think it works really well. Yeah. It, I don't know what the, um, the, the analogous term would be for a trade dress, but you know, the, the, the page layouts have a nice little pro, uh, you know, pro- procession to them, progression to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wrote down just a few notes in this because I was just trying to pull stuff out. He is one furry little dude. Yeah. In this. Yep. And I was thinking on page six when Nightmare Freddy Krueger's him up into the air. <laughs> that were the situ- were the positions reversed, that's exactly how Wolverine would be gutting Nightmare. So mm-hmm. Nightmare's basically doing to Wolverine what Wolverine would do to him. Right. Yep. In fact, earlier on, I guess the second page, he even extends his fingernails to mimic Wolverine popping his claws. Which, right, that's why the, the Freddy Krueger reference. Yeah, which, by the way, um, I like where <laughs> Wolverine's like, what's going on here? My dreams are usually much darker. <laughs> like, that's such a, like, <laughs> I'm so tough. My Even my nightmares are, are a killer. Well, that, that same panel, he says... Is this something left over from the mind tempering I went through? And there's a little note to the Weapon X storyline. Right. And I'm like, what? How does yeah. he even know about the Weapon X? Wait, how did you read that? Well, I mean, I guess that's part of the reason, at least the, the Marvel reading order sticks this after like Wolverine 50 and stuff. Is he, he could have conceivably just found out about all of that. Now, he may not know exactly all the details of the Weapon X miniseries. But I would, I would guess by this point in, in early 92, if this is staying in and moving along continuity, that he has already gone through, you know, discovering that, that there was a Weapon X and he has memory implants. Um, 
I feel a little dumb because we just talked about that storyline. <laughs> so yeah, that's no, all right. Um, but it, it referenced the Weapon X stuff instead of the Wolverine issues, and so my brain right. in place. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a you know when you're following the breadcrumbs, that's kind of where they lead you. And I think the idea there is that they want you to go back and probably read that again or, or get the trade, which is probably out by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know that makes sense. But yeah, I I read that as just him kind of you know knowing that his mind is kind of screwed up and I, I would assume that would come with a lot of bad dreams anyway. <laughs> so repressed memories and, and new memories and dreams about not remembering. Um, yeah. I would imagine, I would imagine at this point in time, Wolverine's a pretty big ball of stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having nightmares is going to come easily to him. Yeah. So, what do you think about the, I know we're in the dream, or the nightmare realm, and we get a, a pretty cool snicked, but then also, it looks like his claws come, like, way out of, like, his arm. Um, on seven? On page, the second page, page two. Oh, let me go back to page two. So, we get a really nice snick, but those claws are silver, like, all the way back. Oh yeah, that's a that's a weird coloring choice. Yeah, yeah, I would not have done that, but it's a dream, you know. So like, it could, yeah, they're supposed to come out of the backs of his hands, you know, or his knuckles, maybe depending on who's drawing it. Even his wrist would have been too far back. Yeah, but then on page three, they're about five feet long. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they're really long claws on page three. <laughs> Of course, look, look at Nightmare's fingers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nightmare's fingers are Lady Death striking all over the place. Yeah, they are. I love that close-up of Nightmare's face. He's been, like, in shadow, and then we get almost this Jokerized um, mm. version of the face, and Wolverine tossing and turning in with the sweat in the bed and his, you know, his, his full Wolverine hair in the Nightmare realm. Um you know, I don't know who this Bud LaRosa guy is, but some of the scenes in the bed almost have a Liefeld feel to them. Yeah, the the honestly, the bed scenes were the only art in this that I thought was a little bit off. Mm-hmm. And some of it is just all the extra, you know, lines and hashes and stuff right. to make it, I don't know. It just looks a little bit weird. And maybe, okay, so like on page five... The line work on the bottom and the line work when he's next to Mariko don't look that much different in his face, but the coloring makes it work better. Right. Than it does in the um than it does in the sleeping scene. Yeah. Right. Also, I hate yeah, when I'm hugging sure. my girlfriend and she turns into nightmare. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I do uh so the page before that where Wolverine kind of lunges or does his is Wolverine, I'm sorry, is Jim Lee pose uh, mm-hmm. when he's jumping at the camera. That looks pretty great. And then the scene where he's like in red and the shadow looks really good. And I was glad to see Mariko come because Nightmare kind of pulling that out is like, hey, is, we're good now. We've done, we've taken, I've taken care of everything I told you to wait for and we can be together. Stabby stab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Logan and Marika sadly never meant to be. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, when you see Xavier and he has those bullets in his face, 
at first I wondered if maybe this was a reference to the opening scenes of Executioner's song. So I like had to go check my dates. See, I but, did uh, that's, not that's later in ninety two. I did not read those as bullets. I read those as three claw punctures. Like Wolverine and stabbed him. Oh. Because the idea, the nightmare is that, you know, what we kind of get eventually, because this gets played again multiple times. Um, you know, the old man Logan story is, is a story where he eventually kind of loses his mind and kills the X-Men. So that's obviously a fear that is very deeply couched in his subconscious. And so I just kind of figured, you know, when Xavier says you killed all the X-Men, you know, it's kind of like, including me, I'm just telling you about it. So I kind of looked at that as, as he had... He had poked <laughs> Professor X in the face. Um, and evidently stabbed him with a sword, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I guess stab holes, I mean, would make more sense than bullet holes. But that's just how I read it. Yeah. Um, the art's very moody. And then whenever he does wake up, it's interesting because... They don't show his face for those first four panels. Right. And so you're wondering why. And his face is not actually different or messed up at the bottom there. It's just that Nightmare is like skulking in his subconscious behind him. Right. Yeah. And I love the horror movie motif of like the, the demon or the ghost in the mirror. No, that was that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, those are always creepy. So at the end of a horror movie, there will be a sequel, hopefully. <laughs> right. <laughs> or there won't be because this is actually a really bad movie and nobody wants the sequel, but here's the zinger anyway. <laughs> right. It's like at the end of the Super Mario Brothers movie when Princess <laughs> Peach comes back to, to get them to go fight the war against Koopa. They're like, I'm a believer. Let's go. There was no Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 2. That was yeah. in your dream soup. <laughs> Fine, because yeah. I'm going to get that joke. Hey, that's all right. It's it's a movie worth checking out. <laughs> Just once. Just once. <laughs> right. Yeah. I told Keenan, said we had to watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. He says, someday we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did get him to sit down with me for the Dragon Ball Evolution film because oh, okay. he and I just finished watching Dragon Ball Z and whenever Dragon Ball Evolution came out I had never seen anything beyond the first couple arcs of original Dragon Ball so I barely knew anything that was going on and now having seen Z I wanted to watch the movie just you know just just to hate watch it just to see it and he right. agreed to hate watch it with me so we watched we watched Dragon Ball Evolution Nice It's a movie Yeah yeah And if you know what it's going to be ahead of time it's it's you can have fun with it It's a fun watch That's cool Not a good movie but a fun watch <laughs> All right. Well, anything else on '99 with Jim Valentino? Uh, no. Um, this is a nice little prologue. You don't even realize it's a prologue till you get to the end. And this could have just stood on its own as like just a weird one-off Marvel Comics Presents story. Yeah, it could have. Yeah. And um, there's nothing in here really plot-wise that ties into the next issue except for the fact that Nightmare was messed with Wolverine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm ready to go on if you are. Okay. Uh, are you going to grade these differently or the same? I know the art's different. 
I was going to do it all the same. Okay, that's cool. I can do that too. Okay. All right. All right, so number 100. We Issue have... 100. It's not extra sized. Um, but this, this, this book doesn't have ads anyway. It's always 32 straight pages of comic. Uh, it, it does have the two covers, the flip book covers. On the front cover, you have Ghost Rider sitting on a 100 that is crushing a Wolverine. And it's by Sam Keith. And then you flip it, and of course, Doctor Doom is in the um, text box, the the little corner box, because it's always the motif on the covers to have one of the secondary characters in the corner box. So Doctor Doom's there. Flip the book, and on the back, Wolverine is still underneath the 100, but he's lifting it up against the logo, and Ghost Rider is getting crushed between the word Wolverine and the 100, the stone 100 Wolverine's lifting. So Wolverine gets the win there and Nightmares in the Corner. And these are both by Sam Keith. And I thought it was a fun little. little Yeah, I like it. Uh, They're both getting crushed on one side or the other, (laughs) depending on on which cover you look at. Um, So I I thought it was a nice, nice play. It's interesting, though, because of the physical copy, um, the one with Wolverine holding the 100 is definitely on the front. And then. Because the page is the right side up that way. <laughs> um, but yeah. And there's also a cool a cool black and white Sam Keith pinup in the back. that yeah. says, here's to another 100 issues of Marvel Comics Presents. I don't think they quite get to 200. They, but, I think uh, 175-ish. Yeah, somewhere around there. But that's yeah. a really cool pinup. It's really it nice. Is, it, was, it was a fun little, little drawing. I actually had that one in my, in my copy here. Nice. Um, credits for this four-part story. Howard Mackey is the writer and Sam Keith is the artist. And they do little slash credits for them because I feel like they sort of told the story together. Yeah. Glennis Oliver is the colorist. Janice Chang is the letterer. Tim Vigil is the art <laughs> assistant. Nice. Uh, Terry Cavanaugh is the editor because they're not letting him anywhere near writing pencils yet, which is great. Keep him away, please. <laughs> Mark Powers is the assistant editor, and Tom DeFalco is the editor-in-chief. Four chapters. Doctor Doom, Dreams of Doom, Ghost Rider, Whose Nightmare Is It Anyway, Wolverine, Mutant Dreams, and Nightmare Awakenings. Yeah. Okay. Um, Doctor Doom goes to sleep, has a nightmare, wakes up, and yells at people. Ghost Rider goes to sleep, has a nightmare. Wolverine goes to sleep, sees everybody else in his nightmare. They fight Nightmare. They all wake up, and turns out Doom was actually trying to kill Nightmare. The end. (laughs) I was just going to summarize the first chapter, but that's the whole story. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But man, welcome back, Sam Keith. Oh my it's gosh. It's a pretty book. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it looks so good. Um, I love... So not only does Dr. Doom sleep in his armor. Right. But he's sleeping on a twin-sized bed. <laughs> like it's the, like a super twin. Oh well, Yeah, so it's, it's a California. It's like extended long. Oh, all right. So my... Sophomore year in college, Cameron and I were roommates. Um, mm-hmm. And I, we, you know, we, we were, we're moving into the dorm and I got there first. And 
I guess the year before, there had been a basketball player in our room. And so they had, like, extended out one of the beds so it was, like, eight feet long. Ooh. And so I was like, oh, camera's not here yet. I threw all my stuff on that bed and, like, went to lunch. (laughs) And so the rest of the year, I had this really awesome, really long bed. And it's funny because my mom couldn't find sheets. So what she did is she took a fitted sheet from a bed from my house, 75% down, she cut it. So before it got to like the, um, you know, the, the stretchy part that wraps around the mattress. Uh-huh. And then she took like a top sheet and like sewed a section of it in so that I could still have the fitted part at the bottom. So I had all these like Frankenstein... <laughs> <laughs> like wow. bed sheets. Um, it was nice because you could stretch out and you could never hit the bottom of it. But um, she put yeah. the effort into that. I probably would just tell my kids, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm sure you can find something on Amazon, right? Just, you know, prime that bitch. But, um, <laughs> or Etsy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was just really funny that Dr. Doom is in his armor Head behind or hand behind his head, laying on a pillow with his little sheet over him. Um, but that close up on his face on that page is is freaking awesome. And the narration is fantastic. Yeah, because it's all about you know doom is the power, doom is in control, nothing disturbs doom, everything's under doom's control. Control is everything to doom. And you turn the page and you get this two page splash of panels that end in insanity with Nightmare once again not knowing how to ride a horse, <laughs> but riding it over Dr. Doom, who really looks like, I love Sam Keith, but Dr. Doom really looks like his uh, superhero squad persona here. I was thinking about that too. <laughs> I'll get you, squatties. (laughs) I was also thinking, if you take the words off of that, I guess the right half of that page, that's poster worthy. Like, that is, Mm -hmm. it looks so nice. Um, You got Ifish Nightmare, just crazy. The horse looks amazing. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. Doom, especially with his hood, like, all fraying out and, like, against gravity and it just it looks really cool. Do y'all watch Steven Universe? I've seen a little like a few episodes here and there if it happens to be on. I haven't I like okay. it. I mean, we just it's not something that I've, I've taken the time to really dive into yet. I, um, the, the Wilson family is a big Steven Universe family and um, was, towards the end of the show's run they had a film. I don't know if it's got a theatrical release, if it was just like straight to TV film, but they had okay. a film and the antagonist in there is this little sort of, I don't know exactly, sort, I don't, but her name is Spinel. And those of you out there listening audience know what I'm talking about. Nightmare is giving some real Spinel energy here. He's just, <laughs> he's just kind of zany and evil and chaotic. Right. Yeah. And the big, the big, big smile and the crazy hair and like the jazz hands that go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the big old super fingers. And then the, when we get the close up on his face with Doom, almost with this hobgoblin hood on, 
But then we see like just an almost uncavish looking nightmare face. That's really rad. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is kind of uncavish looking, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. And then you get the classic Sam Keith pop belly when he's back on his horse. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it all looks so good. I there's really not a lot of necessarily like quote unquote content in this book, so it is hard to kind of talk about, but. It's beautiful. It is. So, you know, Nightmare gives Dr. Doom sort of a taste of what menaces him. And, you know, one of the things about the way the story is structured is you don't know where it's going and why Nightmare is harassing everyone. And turns out he's not exactly. Um, but in this one, it seems like he is. So he throws the Fantastic Four at uh, Dr. Doom and. I don't know if there's another place on Earth where Sam Keith has drawn the Fantastic Four. I couldn't think of one. And I didn't want to say for sure. I also am a firm believer that a Sam Keith Fantastic Four book would rock my socks off. I think it'd be really, really great. I just do all the really weird, crazy Fantastic Four stories and just let him go nuts. Mm-hmm. And man, yeah, that would be so fun. Um. Yeah, and the thing looks great. I mean, they all look they all look great, but I think the thing in particular just really shines. And then the, you almost have the, like Doctor Doom's mask blowing up on the bottom of that page. That looks really cool too. Yeah. And the last two pages of this are the ones that kind of set up and. You don't know exactly the context, but they tease what's going to happen in the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Dr. Doom is doing something. We don't know what it is he's doing, but he goes and tells some people, hey, is it working? And, and they're like, no. He's like, well, make it work. And he tells this bald monk to like make sure it happens. And mm-hmm. the monk's like, okay. And I wasn't sure what was going on. I thought maybe the monk was going to turn out to be a bad guy later. Spoilers, he doesn't. Um, no, no, no. He, he turns out to be not very good at his job later. Um, <laughs> I was amused that there is a servant dressed in a French maid outfit, and Doom is not titillated. Doom oh, no. appreciates women's modesty, which, you know, thinking about his background and culture he grew up in, that seems, you know, pretty reasonable. But yeah, he sees her and he's like, put some clothes on, woman. <laughs> But Sam Keith's like, oh, that's the 90s. I got to draw something in here. Um. Yeah, and he, you know, he, 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 he took a little bit of advantage of Susan Storm on the previous page, as a Susan Richards on the previous page, too, but not too egregiously. But yeah, right. yeah it's Sam Keith being yeah, a little in, bit. Me in 90s. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I wasn't real sure either. I kind of thought that, because he talked about the protection. So, so we'll find out that he wants to be protected because of something he's also trying to do, like like almost a defensive aggressive. I really thought he was just like, I'm tired of having bad dreams. You're you're building a machine to to protect me from ever having a bad dream again. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of how it played in that first chapter. So um, yeah, definitely. Fall. And really, that's not untrue, right? It's just he's taking a bit more of a proactive approach, proactive aggressive stance toward it. Yeah, <laughs> right. All right. Well, then, uh, yeah, Sam Keith's Ghost Rider 
also looks good. I, I love the way he plays with the 90s visual of the Ghost Rider transition because uh, uh, Salvatore and then, of course, Tex really played into kind of the gruesome and grotesqueness of, mm-hmm. of Catch turning into Ghost Rider. I don't know. Um, I'm actually talking to, uh, to your good friend Sarah Sentry about this on Twitter a little bit. I don't – I'm not real familiar with 70s Ghost Rider and Marvel and Women has decided not to put that much on there. <laughs> Okay, remind me when we're done. Remind me when we're done. Okay. So I don't know if that, like, face melt, like the constant face melting thing was a visual back in the 70s, too. But it's, I've been reading the 90s Ghost Rider along, you know, with my my flashback schedule. And that's, like, like, almost every issue is, like, almost this waxy, gross, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, (laughs) like, like catch turning into the flaming ghost rider skull and i like the sam keith almost has it um i actually know what that looks like so the middle panel where he's still got his like human eyeballs in the skull and there's a little bit of flesh and hair mm-hmm. have you ever seen a army of darkness i've not but i know the aesthetic <laughs> yeah and it's kind of army of darkness looking and you should fix that by the way um <laughs> See, okay so my my brother when he was alive he loved, loved the Army of Darkness movies. Uh, and um, there was like a, like Evil Dead was the first one. But then like yeah. once they did Army of Darkness, they took that aesthetic and made a series of sequels. And I think there was a TV show in the last handful of years. Uh, um, there was a, yeah, there was an Ash something TV show. Um, I think it was after he died, though. But um, anyways, so yeah, I, I need to watch it, but I watched the first Evil Dead to kind of set myself up for it, and that thing was pretty damn gruesome. So I wasn't yeah, sure. it is. Um, Army of Darkness is, it still has some of that grossness, but it's also a, it's a very self-aware movie, and so it plays a little more towards kind of the silliness of it, I okay. think. Um, but yeah, I, I it's not as... It still would, I think, would fall in the horror movie genre, but it's not as kind of cheap bucket of blood, um, you know, that the first couple were, um, where they really put all their money in effects of like, you know, the dismemberment (laughs) and stuff like that. Yeah, there's like a Um, tree rape scene. and Yeah, you know. I won't lie, as much as I love Army of Darkness, I'm not as big of a fan of what comes before it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it takes a turn into something really brilliant that wasn't necessarily there before. <laughs> now, uh, isn't, a lot is of Army people of Darkness disagree the with third me. one? Um, I don't remember. Because I feel like Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness are linked in my mind. Okay. But the first Evil Dead was like a, a different thing. Right. But I've only seen that first Evil Dead. I didn't get anywhere past it yet. So, I, yeah, it's been ten or fifteen years since I saw the first one. I should probably watch the second one. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 like a thousand years in John Wilson timeline. Right. <laughs> you, now, you've no, you've about... normally done the whole series and all the books by now, <laughs> <laughs> or at least, or at least I've worked out a spreadsheet on how I'm going to go about it. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I I channeled just just a speck of my inner John Wilson the other day. So, okay. uh, you know, we had talked about, I don't remember if it was on the episode or before or after we recorded, but last time we talked, 
you had, had mentioned and pointed out that how close I was coming in my 70s read three to being back to Wolverine's first appearance. Mm-hmm. And so I got there and I, I retweeted, I reposted the, the old episode on Twitter and it's kind of just talking about kind of where I was and, and kind of how surreal it was. Um, but then my a little a little John Wilson on my shoulder was whispering in my ear, and I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it work, but I started looking at what would it take to finish reading through the 70s and 80s and catch it back up to where we are in the 90s. Mm. <laughs> like like how what would my proportion of reading have to be you know knowing that with podcasting the current my current flashback goes a little bit slower because i have to read and also record and schedule and talk about so i'm not going at quite the same pace as i would if i was just reading so i mean i can read faster but i think I'm, it's just too big of a gap <laughs> but i did though i i, I started doing some research I'm like okay what, what kind of John Wilson reading plan would I need to make this happen so that one day I would just have one Marvel reading project instead of, you know, two? <laughs> I have set myself an ambitious goal. And I, the more I think about it, the less I'm sure it's going to work. <laughs> um, I might have to make adjustments as I go along. But, okay, so I'm coming up on my first long-term goal that I've had for years which is when I am exactly half as old as Superman, I will have read half of Superman. Which That's is a weird, awesome. nerdy thing, but like... No, but it's awesome, though. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about that goal yeah. or not. But then after that, I want to get through the 80s and get caught up to the JLI podcast in time for my guest appearance on that show. Because I'm penciled in for the Armageddon 2001 annual of JLA. And I want to have read all of Superman. But by that. Okay. Like from, from, you know, all the way up until 1991 when that annual came out. So that's, you know, that's Ooh. another decade right. of comics that I'm going to try to squeeze into like a year. And... Um, <laughs> So that's a, that's a about a year a month. That's <laughs> it seems like a lot. So um, you know, and if it's getting if it's getting really close and it's not happening, then I'll just you know catch up the JLI reading and, and be ready for the show. But but that, that's the goal I've set before myself. Yeah, that 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 sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I think we're getting it maybe. Stuck is because you're also doing like all the super family books too, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in fact, I just started. It's not very often that you get to start a new Superman series. I just started the DC Comics Presents Superman Team Up series. Um, oh. I don't know how much of those you've read, but the, I don't think I think I've read zero of those. I'm not it's even sure. If I started really in '78 and okay. it ran until right up until Crisis, but. Um, and the way they read the advertising for that, they're like from the company that that originated the idea of team up books, and they showed covers of um, World's Finest Comics and okay. The Brave and the Bold. Right. So by 1978, of course, Super uh, Spider Man and the Thing have both had team up books. Right. But they're like now comes Superman's own team up book, DC Comics Presents, 
And yeah, for like seven or eight years, they had a monthly team up book. And it's, it's pretty, from what I understand, pretty widely loved. Okay. And uh, the first story is a two issue flash team up story. And I've read the first part of that. So yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's cool. I'll have to see if I can find that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to biting the bullet of doing DC Universe. Not as much for the shows, but for the comics. For the comics. Um, yeah. The shows are pretty... I'm sure, I'm sure I'd love those, too. <laughs> but, <laughs> Once they're there, right. you, know you'll, yeah. you know you'll dip in. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, one more thing before we get back to the comic. Um, you know the Superman story... Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I've never read it. Oh. How far? Will, when, is, it, when is that published? I don't remember. It was the last story published in Superman in Action before the revamp. Okay. Okay. So, that's so it's what? sort of supposed to be like the end of the old Superman before the new one comes along. And I've never read it. And I told myself several years ago, I never will read this until sure. I've read everything before it. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. That's actually pretty commendable. This winter, um, it's going to happen. That's awesome. That's really sweet. Anyways, so yeah, um, I never realized that Danny Ketch like went through pain to transform into Ghost Rider. I haven't read those '90s issues where he's always melty in the face and everything, but <laughs> like I, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It's not. A, it's not. It's not a um, role that he loves right off the bat, and kind of. Plays into why he eventually becomes like an alcoholic and all that fun stuff. Mm, um, I guess that would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How then close get, are you in um, Nightmare on Elm Street? Not as much as I would like to be. I need I need to rewatch all that stuff as an adult who understands what's going on. Um, well, the the, 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 the only the, time I really saw it was as a kid who wasn't supposed to watch it. <laughs> 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 the second movie breaks all the rules, but it's also a pretty great um, horror film in the in the vogue of like commentary on sexuality and putting everything in a metaphor kind of thing. Okay. And the little bit of paneling across the top there with the face breaking out of uh, Ghost Rider and it turning into Danny, and then the face breaking out of Danny and turning into Ghost Rider. That is very Nightmare on Elm Street too. Oh, okay. Very cool. And I also like the fuzzy, like out of focus on the bottom part of that. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but yeah, it's like the transformation is out of control. <laughs> and then Doctor Doom's cape is also out of control in a, in a very <laughs> awesome way. Yeah, and it reminds me of like cloak and dagger, like that panel of. Oh yeah, catch. it's very cloak. Yeah. He does draw some capage though, doesn't he? That's pretty great. Yeah, then we get, you get to awesome. see some Keith capage with Mister Gone in the Max. So yes. it makes me want to see. It makes me want to see what he would do with Superman. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, and like what he would do with Superman's hair would probably be pretty cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I bet he would almost do like a an Elvis, <laughs> like. Probably Elvis with like one outrageous curly forelock in the middle. Right. That Which I, I guess wouldn't be that unsimilar or that, sorry, dissimilar to, um, doesn't McFarlane do like a fake Superman in 
Is it spawn Chen? Do you see like his face? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a non uh, fake Superman in Spawn Ten. Yeah, I have opinions yeah. about that. Yeah, I remember y'all talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and really, a lot of that is from a conversation I had with Michael Bailey, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, there's some problems here. But right. um, but yeah, a dragon was out of nowhere because Doctor Doom wants to. Uh, I'm sorry, Nightmare wants to ride a dragon. And yeah. Danny catches one of those is going to be a dragon because it's a nightmare. Um, you don't really know why Doctor Doom is in Danny's dream. They're just like talking and stuff, and then Nightmare shows up with the dragon. Yep, the purple dragon is not Lockheed. Yep, right. And much the much the worse are we all for that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, Nightmare continues to be kind of cartoonish and impish, and then. We get the poom 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 of Well, just before the boom boom boom, he yeah. drops the first couple hints. Okay. That not right. as all as it seems. And we don't know what he means, but Dr. Doom's like, we need to have a talk, Ghostwriter. And then yeah. Um it's not Todd McFarlane's Doom, 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 Rise Above All. <laughs> right. But it's very similar. It is. And the same kind of like is Wolverine like almost like pulling his mask off, like just Trying to get away from the sound. That's a really cool page. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks really, really nice. And then uh, Wolverine talks about the cool thing about dreams. He can sneak your way through the blackness, and so he does. And he's in uh, 19th century Paris, and he's wandering around. And he sees Dr. Doom and, and Ghost Rider. Um, How Dr. Doom's first line is like, I didn't think the pounding was working. So... He was hearing all the boom, boom, boom. Because somewhere in this fake Paris, Dr. Doom was knocking really loudly on something. Right. (laughs) We need to talk, Wolverine. Um, Yeah, and I love how the rest of this conversation, Wolverine's literally like just lounging around. Like he's laying on the ground. He's like sitting. There's a part where he's like looking at his fingernails or something. Yeah. it's really funny. Um, All the overlaps between panels with his body and everything is fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And then um, you get some cool, like, different panel work when the Parisians decide to, like, machine gun everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Like, they just show up behind him while he's talking about, I could think of worse locations. And at first, I thought the Parisians behind him were just like, hey, this is cool Paris. Remember, we're in cool Paris. But Wolverine did not take it that way. He looked behind and said, uh-oh. And all the Parisians bring out machine guns. Right. Yes. I guess this ain't a dream after all. Time for me to do what I do best. Okay, okay. What part of a crowd of Victorian Parisians pulling machine guns on you makes you think this is not a dream? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I guess... And this is a part of the thing that's kind of weird with Nightmare in general. It's like this idea that there's a difference. Like like a nightmare is not a bad dream. It's like a separate entity. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're actually in Nightmare's realm, not just having a dream. Right. And I think that's what Wolverine is kind of referring to, that this is not just an ordinary dream. Like there's there's something else going on. I don't. And that makes sure. sense, but like what was really cluing him in on that? Cause I feel like right. it's the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe the appearance of nightmare, um, would have clued him in, but yeah. Um, 
I don't think it's out that far outside of the realm of possibility for Wolverine to dream about shenanigans in 19th century Paris. <laughs> so, you know what I just thought of? This is Sam Keith doing the Lord of Nightmares in a land of nightmare during Victorian Edwardian era clothing and everything, which is exactly what he did. Like a year earlier in the first arc of Sandman. Oh, okay. He does Sandman, Lord of Dreams. And the first issue like starts out in old timey England. Interesting. I, Sandman is a blind spot I need to fix. Okay, you know what? I'm going to sit down and watch Army of Darkness, and you're going to sit down and read 75 issues of Sandman. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you missed the part where I just talked about trying to close the gap between 1975 and 1992. Okay, um. <laughs> as you're doing that, when you get to 1989, just mix in the Sandman. There you it's go. Good. There you go. <laughs> That's when, I, when I want to do a new project I just find another project to sync it with right there you go no I've, I've always wanted to read it especially as I've gotten more familiar with all the different people that have worked on it like it's mm-hmm. just it's something I just I want to do and just need to, to carve the time out and the, the budget to do it but um yeah yeah so uh, we have Sandman or <laughs> Nightmare sitting on a, a pile of sand um Looking around as Wolverine cuts his way. Now it's interesting because you know he says time to do what I do best. But uh, looking in the art, I don't think he initially pops his claws. Like he's he's trying to like kind of just punch and scrap his way through this crowd until he actually tries to confront Nightmare's column, and then he we see claws for sure. Um. In that first oh, panel, no, he's right, goring right. a woman. You're absolutely right. I I saw the panel below that where it looked like you just punching. And I feel like the claws should be on that panel, but they're not for some reason. Right. No, you're absolutely right. There are claws coming out the back of that lady's dress. Um, <laughs> so 100%, I stand corrected. Um, yeah, there's not a snicked anywhere, and then he has panel. He has claws out definitely on the 23. So I feel like he probably has them out the whole time. They just didn't yeah. fall them on that one spot. Yep. Looks like they just missed it. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of, of Nightmare like shushing Wolverine as he tries to cut down the column. And then um, we get this weird thing where Adamantium and Hellfire cause like this mystical, supernatural, scientific something <laughs> um yeah so did ghost rider know he was gonna do that and like did some sort of blast at the same time or did wolverine just gore ghost rider and let forth a, a blast yeah so they say because nightmare says you know the adamantium and the hellfire are reacting shooting out unraveling my realm so i feel like there's something either and i'm trying to remember because because Wolverine says, the last time I did this, it hurt a lot. And I remember that. I remember when he had stabbed Ghost Rider before, it did not feel good. Okay. Like, so just... like almost like the, the Hellfire like burned the adamantium inside of him, in a way, is kind of how it played in my head. Um, 
If it's conductive, like, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, but I guess in the nightmare realm, that gets amplified and almost makes like a, a dream bomb. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know. They don't really explain it other than they react against each other and, and Nightmare gets mad about it. But um, And I was going a little bit off the rails in my reading here, which I think Keith was also doing with his drawing because 26 is a really weird-looking page. Um, get, yeah, from 26 on, it looks different. So... Um, but before that, before we move on to that, the... the first page of chapter four i really love the four eyes at the top yes uh, although interestingly we have dooms oh no no it is dooms right ghost riders left so theoretically they're mirrored but it's a slashy eye and an obular eye and then wolverine and nightmare are right eye left eye but a slashy eye and obular eye huh so it's really weird. Like each pair of those should look like two halves of a face, right? Like if they had done Ghost Rider and Nightmare and Doom and Wolverine, right? But the way they've got it, it just looks like freaky eyeballs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, Nightmares it looks like one of those Mad Balls. Um, I love Mad Balls. <laughs> they were so cool. They yeah. were like the sequel to Garbage Pail Kids. Right, where you could hold them and throw them at people. Right, and play them um, better than cards. <laughs> and they had a cartoon. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. the trash TV I watched as a kid. <laughs> I watched some good TV, but the Toxic Avenger cartoon is not one of them. And the Mad Buzz cartoon was not one of them. <laughs> right. Now, I have not read it since I was 13, so do not hold any accountability to this at all. But I do remember the Toxic Avenger comic book being better. I really like the Toxic Avenger comic, or at least my memories of it. Right, yeah, me too. Um, That was some of the most horrific comic uh, art I'd ever seen when it first (laughs) came out. And that was published by Marvel in their main line. So they were just like, you know, pushing the limits of what they were allowed to do in comics. And then I saw the Toxic Avenger movies... And those things are kind of hard to swallow. Like, have you seen the Toxic Avenger movies? I think we, I think Cameron and I watched the first one like when it came out. But it, it's 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 almost the first Evil Dead levels of gore. Yeah, and yeah. also just the way they treat the character, like you know, totally over the top abusive. I don't know. It's kind of hard to get through. Yeah, yeah, stuff that was a little more common back then doesn't always yeah translate well um (laughs) and they were going for satire and over the top tones anyway but still it's just like oh my what yeah yeah so what do you think happens to the art here at the end um was it just a whole lot and he wasn't ready to i don't don't know yeah maybe he and it's it's kind of uneven like some of it looks good just not quite as thorough like there's no backgrounds right on hardly anything. But like 27 doesn't look half bad. There's just not a lot going on. Ghost Rider looks okay on 28. Um, and it's like, it really feels that he ran out of time and just like did bare bones penciling on the rest. Right. And it's really not that it's terrible. It just, it's just jarringly different 
turning the page from 25 to 26. Like the right. grittiness and the detail and and just how in-depth it is to how almost shallow it feels. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's what it is. It just it just feels really less than. <laughs> um, and he's his own inker, so it's it's right. No one's going to yeah. cover up his, you know. I don't want to say mistakes, but right lack of work. Yep, I do like Doctor Doom and his little uh, his little suit with the where he does have his whole helmet and he's got like the black around. Under his face, or under his hood. I that was Reminds right. me of the um, um, Secret Wars figure. Yeah. Because um, in the Secret Wars, he just had the uh, the sort of onesie tunic. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he didn't, he didn't have the whole like cloaked. Every, I don't know, but yeah. Um, and we find the the bald monk from the beginning of the story no longer looking menacing at all because. Okay, so Doom was going to use Wolverine and Ghost Rider to destroy Nightmare and Nightmare's realm and bleed all of Doom's nightmares out into the monk? I think so, yeah. And the monk died. The monk dies. Wolverine and Ghost Rider... The impression is they were physically there, right? I mean, he says I kidnapped y'all, but they're nowhere to be seen at the end. Um, well, physically, yeah, they're Doctor Doom physically kidnapped them because um, they're all bound to this machinery. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just they escape off panel <laughs> while Doom's waking up before he gets his coffee. Um, but I like the idea of nightmares, like kind of plays into why well, I'm a natural force and Doom's like willing to risk everyone else just to get a good night's sleep. Mm. <laughs> Which is so so like egomaniacal Doom. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> like I'll screw the world but damn it I'm going to sleep good tonight. <laughs> yeah he um, the monk figured out that Ghost Riders and Wolverine's psyches or minds were already attuned to be immune to Nightmare, to be resistant to Nightmare, so that's why he captured them. But you're right, they are not present on the last few pages. So you could almost say that maybe they just like slept until page 33 and got up, except Nightmare at the end is like, Wolverine and Ghost Rider are not going to appreciate this, and all three of us are going to get revenge on you, Doctor Doom. So... Yep. If they do wake up and be there, they're not going to have a good time. Yeah. I also, also think Nightmare must forget about this because I don't think that ever comes back. Well, I tried to find when they're in the same comic again together, but the comparison page on the Marvel Reading Order site was not working. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I do like Logan's tight buttocks on page 30, though. <laughs> if he's going to do Susan Richards's butt early on, then do away Wolverine's butt here... You know, balances right. that out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Although we know that it's like half fur underneath that clothes. So. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so bubble butt. He's <laughs> got a bunch of fur. He's got a butt fro. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, with Clark Kent, he's got a he's got to tough the cape into his pants. That's why his butt reaches <laughs> a bit. <laughs> with Wolverine, it's the fur. <laughs> right. That's funny. I'm so sorry for all the things I've done to your show, Jason. I don't know why yeah. you have me back on here. <laughs> You're elevating the uh, the content. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so two pretty different artists. And two really good artists. Um, not a whole lot of story. <laughs> I mean, as far as, like, like salient plot points, there's really not much. It's really just an excuse for Sam Keith to just kind of go crazy, which, I mean, that's a good excuse. <laughs> like, yeah. it works. But, um... Yeah, so I don't know. What are the what are the thoughts do you have on on either of these issues? Um, nothing really. I uh, the idea that Doctor Doom can't get a good night's sleep to me resonates. It's like right. he's been through some stuff. You know, he he had a rough childhood, lost his mom. He's put himself through almost John Constantine levels of self torture trying to like, you know, find his mom and everything else. So the fact that he has nightmares and does not look forward to going to sleep at night, I feel like just resonates with all of that. Yeah, definitely. The idea that he would go to extreme measures to try to stop his nightmares by stopping the source of nightmare. That's a very Dr. Doom plot. Yeah, right. It really was. So I don't know if you want to talk about ratings yet or not, but I kind of have three different ways of rating this book. Oh, okay. Yeah, get into it. So as a Doctor Doom comic, I feel like this is a four. Okay. It's not great, but it's a pretty solid idea for Doctor Doom. As a general overall pick it up and read it comic experience, I didn't love it. It's kind of a three. Okay. And as a Wolverine comic... He could have been anyone in this story. <laughs> this is not a Wolverine story. And it's a two. Okay. The Mario stuff in 99 makes it not a one. <laughs> okay. I I think I bought into the art stuff a little more because I really, really enjoyed it. So um I mean, the art's the best part about it. The art yeah. is all. <laughs> I find there's enough kind of flimsy story uh, to guide us through it. I don't know. I just enjoy I really enjoyed this kind of a trippy nonsense story that, that highlights the extent that Dr. Doom will go to, 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 to get what he wants. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give these uh, five out of six claws. <laughs> All right, I am glad that you enjoyed it that much. Yeah, I did. I really had fun with it, and and honestly, there could have been no words, and I would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> with almost with all almost all of it, yeah, uh, Sam Keith. If this had been almost any other artist, oh, it wouldn't have worked. It would have um, been unreadable. Yeah, if this was Sam Keith's story and the writer just helped him pull it off with a script. I'd believe it. I think it's a little bit unfortunate because Sam Keith falls off the rails in the last six pages. Right. Um, but if this was his story idea, I'm down because it feels like just kind of crazy sort of thing that he might do. Right. I just didn't really love it as much as it, yeah. I could have. 
Fair enough. All right. Well, that's our big hundredth issue of Marvel Comics Presents. I and I podcast fail. I was going to count how many times Wolverine has been in the first hundred issues. Um, uh, um, let's see how quickly I can do that. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be easier just to figure out which issues he wasn't in in like the first couple, the first couple months of the book, right? Because there's that one that was uh, the Excalibur story took the forefront. And I think he was in. He was a backup in the first chapter and the last chapter of that. So how many? I'm trying to. Find. I'm going to a um, series gallery for the book. Ah, that's what you need. Yeah. So from eleven to thirty-eight. So that's twenty-eight issues that didn't feature Wolverine. I think right. I think he's in the last chapter of thirty-eight, so twenty-seven, and then number eleven, he's not in at all. So he uh, he took the cover of number ten, even though Colossus was in the last chapter of that book. So he's not in twenty-seven issues of the series so far. So what's that subtraction? One hundred minus twenty-seven, seventy-three. Okay, yeah, so we're back. <laughs> slight, slight Skype snafu, but yes, uh, we determined that 73 issues uh, out of the hundreds, so 73% of the first 100 Marvel Comics Presents issues either feature or at least contain Wolverine. So that, I was mean, actually a little surprised. I actually thought it was maybe going to be higher than that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, for... for uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm stumbling here. Um, I think it's actually a pretty good percentage when you think about. Well, yeah, that that's a lot of books to be in. But then when you filter it through, thinking of this book as being a primarily Wolverine book a lot of the time, that makes it feel low. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. And so, it's and kinda... I think I've actually in my own reading, I think I've actually just read his last issue before he leaves the book for a while. Oh, okay. But he's not out of it for very long. 142, I've just read, and he's out from 143 to 149. So I guess only six issues. Okay. Or seven issues, and he comes back for uh, 150. Okay. Uh, Does Ghost Riders stay the feature during those? I know Mm -hmm. know later it's like Force Works or something like that. But Um, the next four issues have. Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider, Morbius, and oh. Blaze on the cover. But okay. he's in all those issues. I guess to do a Midnight Sun story. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, and yeah, the, yeah, Vengeance is the lead feature for a couple of issues. Oh. So okay. I think Vengeance is some form of Ghost Rider. Oh, yes. I think so. I think so. And then the 150... Wolverine comes back, and that's where they redo the title logo. Like Marvel Comics Presents becomes like smaller print, and the four featured characters of the issue get like stylized writing on the front. Okay. Uh, so you got like Wolverine, Daredevil, Vengeance, and Typhoid are the the main guys for a few issues. Okay. 
I know that by the time the series ends, Wolverine is once again not part of it. But I don't know. Right. Once he comes back in 150, I don't know how long he stays. Yeah, I don't remember it either. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll cross that comic bridge when we get there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, well, awesome. Well, John, as always, um, thanks for coming on. But please talk about where people can find you. Um, I make podcasts. I do three shows, and I know that in the past I've just kind of like you know rambled on and on about what these are. Um, but you've got my Silver Age Marvel show with Michael Kaiser weekly going through old Marvel comics. We just started 1966, um, and that is called Make Ours Marvel. It's over on Twitter at Make Ours Marvel or on the web MakeOursMarvel.com. Or since you're a podcast listener, you probably just go to your podcast feed and search Make Ours Marvel. Um, there is my image comics show where I talk about Sam Keith's the max and I have not read all of the max, but my daughter has, she read it years ago. So she comes on the, the segments where we talk about the max and helps me explore the uh, interesting aspects of that book. Uh, all the pouches and image comics podcast is on my personal website, johnreadscomics.com or Twitter at all the pouches. And then there is my Transformers podcast that I do some episodes talking about the UK comics by myself and some episodes talking about the cartoons with my son. And that is Return to Cybertron, a Transformers UK podcast on Twitter at TFUK podcast website, TFUKpodcast.com. And I am on Twitter myself at John Reads Comics. Very good. Very good. Oh, wonderful shows. Uh, I mean, John's been out here several times, so you should be listening. You should be subscribing and downloading all those shows, so get on it. Um, as far as what's next for us, uh, if all goes according to plan, Cameron will be back to talk about the Omega Red debut. And then um, we'll see. Uh, I think next we will... I don't know when this is going to come out, but right around right now or in a few days, maybe um, we should start getting new comics back in comic shops. I'll have to figure out exactly how I'm going to arrange to get those. Um, we're, we're still trying to figure out what our family, how our family is going to handle kind of phasing back into to real life. But um, yeah, um, so we, we may have a, a new episode in a couple of episodes, but we'll, we'll keep tracking through the flashbacks. Um, so for, of course for the podcast that goes snicked, uh, Twitter is at snickcast. Uh, you can like the Facebook page and then, uh, show notes and stuff for at snickcast.podbean.com. Um, so until Marvel comics presents gets to issue 200. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Sam keeps pin up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah john no just, as always thank you so much for, for thank you for having me. It's, out it's, with me um, it's been great it's being such a regular part of the show that um i've been listening to for donkey's years <laughs> right <laughs> so cool well, i will uh i will talk to you soon to figure out when the next little shabab will be but um yeah, I guess until next time, everybody, uh, stay safe, stay well, and hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked. You're a snack. <laughs>
Schumi snack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome.